The show you love with even more local, local news. news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And good afternoon to you on this fine Thursday here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation as we take a look at the topics of the day that affect you and me right here in the Central Valley of California. Thank you so much for joining us. Our commitment to you is to remain live and local to make sure your voice is heard as we discuss all of these issues. I was uh, talking to a, a pastor friend of mine last night, and, and he was asking me, so do you ever run out of topics? Are there? Do, 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 do you ever wonder, what do I have to talk about? I, I No, no. Living in California, there is never, never a lack of things to uh, discuss. Uh, but let, let's hear, here's one. And this happened, oh, earlier today. The um, California lawmakers up in uh, Sacramento were considering Senate Bill 57 by Scott Weiner, And after lengthy debate, the California Assembly passed a bill that would okay safe drug site pilot programs in San Francisco, Oakland, and uh, Los Angeles. So the California Assembly is busy. And and by the way, this was not an overwhelmingly uh, a positive vote, overwhelmingly, uh, overwhelmingly uh, a majority at all. Uh, eyes were 42, nays were, were 28, and apparently quite a few Democrats voted no. So the California Assembly, in its wisdom, is saying, let's have safe in drug injection sites in San Francisco, Oakland, and Los Angeles. So there we go. That's the. Uh, by the way, this has to go to the uh, Senate, uh, I believe, after this. And if uh, the Senate approves it, then it would go to uh, Governor Gavin Newsom. What do, you, what do you think about that? Now, here's here's. I th- I think they have a chance to uh, score points with uh, all of the woke culture on this providing uh, safe places to get high on drugs. That's, that's got to be a winner. And then number two, here, here's my suggestion if they're going to do that. Let's do green safe drug sites. What do you mean, Mike? Green? Well, yeah. Instead of hypodermic needles that are thrown on the ground and that everybody has to... Uh, has to avoid like an obstacle course when they visit these cities, have biodegradable injection sites. You know, like the patches that they use for smoking. Why not have biodegradable patches for people to get their highs with? What do you think about that? Wouldn't that that be just a 100% winner for the woke culture? So what do you think? Is this a good idea? coming out of Sacramento to have these uh, these pilot programs for safe drug injection sites again. And, and the best places that you want to visit, San Francisco, Oakland, and Los Angeles, don't you think that will improve everything in those areas? 
Uh, our number here, 209-551-3483. Uh, if, if that passes, would you be inclined to visit San Francisco, Oakland, and Los Angeles knowing that there are safe drug injection sites there? 209-551-3483. I uh, just, uh, well, that's, that's the beauty of having pretty much a full-time legislature, isn't it? They're always up to something up there. My goodness, and uh, aren't we proud of the job that, uh, that they are doing? Of course, uh, today, while you're thinking about that, two uh, major Supreme Court decisions handed down. Uh, and this one uh, is really uh, a defeat for those who are very much into almost the religious mantras of climate change. And uh, the Supreme Court is limiting how anti-air pollution law can be used to reduce carbon dioxide emissions by power plants. Six to three vote, conservatives in the majority, we could probably anticipate that, said that the Clean Air Act does not give the Environmental Protection Agency broad authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions, those from power plants that contribute to global warming. President Biden doesn't like it a bit. He says it's another devastating decision that aims to take our country backwards. Of course, none of, uh, none of the policies coming out of Washington, D.C. right now would, would do that, of course. Uh, He said the ruling risks damaging our nation's ability to keep air clean and combat climate change. Well, Governor Gavin Newsom doesn't like it either, and uh, I, which is not surprising. So there we go, two major decisions. Well, I didn't get to the second one, did I? Uh, the other Supreme Court decision, this goes, uh, so the one is uh, ticking off the White House. The other actually gives a nod uh, to the White House, and this is by a 5-4 to four vote. The Supreme Court rules in favor of uh, the current White House desires regarding the Trump Remain in Mexico case. If you remember that, uh, that case under the Trump administration, that dates back to, what, 2019, uh, the people who were seeking asylum coming up from the southern border had to stay in Mexico while their cases were processed by immigration court. And again, that was started in 2019 by President Trump. President Biden wants to end the program. He told us that during his presidential campaign. But the problem has been lower courts ordered the administration to reinstate the policy that uh, Donald Trump put in place. However, uh, the Supreme Court is ruling in favor of the White House, so we'll probably uh, uh, see a whole bunch more people coming over the border now with uh, the Supreme Court weighing in on that uh, particular decision. So there we go, giving you activity happening in Sacramento as well as Washington, D.C. And uh, just a follow-up, a topic that we spent a lot of time on yesterday, of course, that is the the major faux pas. It's not a faux pas. It's not even being incompetent. It puts 
a lot of people in danger. And that was, of course, uh, our Attorney General in California, Rob Bonta, putting on the Internet, on a website, information on a whole bunch of uh, folks that have CCW permits, concealed uh, weapon permits. It also had data on people uh, that are associated with the assault weapon registry, uh, handguns certified for sale, dealers' records of sales of weapons, firearm safety certificates, and gun violence restraining orders. Well, what type of information was that, Mike? Well, it's information like our names, our birth dates, our genders, our race, driver's license numbers, addresses, criminal history, and if all the information is there, it would also, for those uh, that have CCW permits, con- carry concealed weapon permits, uh, that it would, uh, if, if that information is there that you have to put on the application, it may also include the types of guns you have and the serial numbers. So uh, a major, major issue right now in, in California. And uh, the California gun groups are starting to weigh in on this. And one of them is Gun Owners of California. Sam Paradis is the executive director for Gun Owners of California. He spoke to KCRA News about this. We are absolutely horrified. We are calling for Attorney General Rob Bonta's resignation because he has clearly been unable to uh, control his agency. Well, what about the effects? Well, Mr. Uh, Paradis uh, states the obvious here. Well, the biggest concern is now you have given a roadmap to anybody with evil intent. That's right. And so if that information is in uh, the hands of people near do wells uh, that uh, either are selling it to others for profit or are evil folk who plan to use that information to... Uh, to find out where guns are and to target, so to speak, those gun owners, that information is uh, out there right now. And so uh, it's very interesting that his organization, a couple of others, are calling for uh, the resignation of Rob Bonta. That, of course, uh, will will not happen, not with a supermajority Democratic uh, legislature and with Governor Gavin Newsom in the office. Uh, however, it does uh, it does bring up what's going to happen in November 2022. Uh, the the number two runner up for the attorney general's position, of course, is Nathan Hockman. Uh, he's a Republican, and uh, he actually weighed in. I believe the interview was uh, yesterday. Um, regarding his perspectives on this. He was talking to uh, Ashley Zavala from Fox 40 News. Their rights, you know, their ability to control their own reproductive decisions is something that I was steeped in from. Well, let's see, that wasn't quite the clip I was looking for, but we'll get to that in uh, in a couple of minutes. Uh, that's, uh, let me play that anyway. That's Nathan Hawkman, uh, number two candidate for uh, the attorney general, and he's talking there about his perspectives on the whole uh, abortion issue. And, and in just a couple of minutes, I'll give you uh, the essence of a press release that was re- uh, put out today by Attorney General Rob Bonta that assured people of what they can count on in terms of abortions in California. 
And uh, this is what Nathan Hockman had to say about uh, that and the Supreme Court decision recently regarding abortion. Again, this is the Republican runner-up, the number two man that is attempting to unseat Rob Bonta in November. Here's Nathan Hockman talking to Ashley Zavala from Fox 40 News. Their rights, you know, their ability to control their own reproductive decisions is something that I was steeped in from from the beginning. And so committing to protecting women's reproductive rights is something I would take extremely seriously and dedicate myself as the attorney general to do. That's interesting. And he was there in in context talking about his uh, mother, his wife, uh, his uh, daughter, his sisters. So uh, there you get a taste of uh, the Republican um, contender for that. All right. uh, I'll I'll give you the essence of that Rob Bonta abortion guidance press release. I'll give you that in three minutes. Coming right up here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you as we take a look at the topics of the day that uh, I want to use the word uh, that are assaulting uh, you and me at the moment. And uh, again, our phone number here, 209-551-3483. We've been looking at uh, the California Assembly saying, oh, we ought to have safe injection sites in San Francisco and Oakland and Los Angeles. That's a that's a superior idea. And uh, and then we've also uh, been talking about uh, Rob Bonta and uh, two two things concerning Rob Bonta or eternity. Uh, I almost made that Freudian slip again, eternal general, uh, eternal, uh, no, it's the uh, attorney general. And uh, one, two, two major issues here. One is the, the leak, uh, and I, I, it, it, it essentially the way they're portraying it is it was a hack, and, and I'm thinking maybe it was a leak. What do you think? Do you think that perhaps the information on the uh, CCW uh, permits and such? Do you think that was? Do you think that was just accidentally hacked, or might there be a leak involved? I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but things pop into my mind. What do you think? Our telephone number here: two zero nine five five one three four eight three two zero nine five five one three four eight Three. And while you're thinking about that, uh, on the abortion side of things, California Attorney General Rob Bonta, he is reminding Californians that the state has strong laws in place that protect reproductive freedom, including the right to safe and legal abortion. Now, here are his bullet points today. So here's what you can be assured of in California. You have the right to an abortion before viability. Now, what's viability? Viability means the point on the timeline at which a fetus can survive outside the mother's womb. And there are various perspectives on that. Is it 15 weeks? Is it 23 weeks? Is it 24, 25 weeks? What is it? 
so he's saying you have the right to an abortion before viability. You do not have to provide a reason for why you are seeking an abortion, and you have the right to an abortion after viability. Again, viability being that point when a fetus can survive outside the mother's room. You have the right to an abortion after viability to protect your life or your health. And the right to confidentiality if you're married. Generally, your spouse will not be notified about your abortion. Now, here we go. You have the right to obtain an abortion without parental consent. If you are a minor, generally your parents or guardians will not be notified about your abortion. So there you go. A couple more bullet points. We'll cover those uh, in, a, in a little bit. I, uh, I don't understand the rationale behind a lot of that, but uh, there we go. Talking about the CCW issues, let's go to the phones very quickly. 209-551-3483. Barbara in Stockton. Barbara, what are your thoughts about the CCW mess with the state? Uh, my, my concern is if they have a list of all of the people in California who have this permit, he would really be stepping on some important people's toes because if they have it of everybody, think of all the important people who would have to have a permit to carry. You know, like people who have important businesses where they handle money or jewelry or just important uh, people in the community that would need for their uh, safety to have to carry a gun. Now, if all of these people are on there, then he's really in big trouble. That's an interesting perspective, Barbara, that you bring up. And so that that would, if you're right on that, that would lend credence to the fact that this is not intentional. It wasn't a leak uh, accidental hack because would the state, would Rob Bonta, would uh, Gavin Newsom, want supporters who may be high-dollar supporters who may have CCW permits, would they want their information out there? Would they want uh, them uh, to be upset? That That's a very, uh, very astute observation, Barbara. That's right, because if their names aren't on there, then that goes to show that uh, th- this was really vicious because of the fact that he would be pick- picking on just the regular people, you know, that Harry have these permits. So if the, if their names are on there, the important people, that would be really a big, big problem for the Democrats. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, Barbara, great point. Thank you for that. Appreciate that very much. My friends, you see, okay. th- this is this is why we do this. Is uh, we exchange information, and uh, sometimes uh, we bring up things that uh, the other person doesn't uh, see right away. And Barbara just, I think, brought up a good point. Uh, was this intentional? I think what is intentional is Rob Bonta and Gavin Newsom would be very happy if there were no guns in California. I, I think that's uh, what what their aim is. No pun intended at all. But I, uh, so I, Barbara, you've got, you've got me leaning towards, uh, your, your thesis there that probably not a leak, uh, but it was no doubt a hack, <clears throat> regardless, a very unwise thing to do something that a brilliant attorney general ought to know not to do. And it has terrible ramifications for anyone 
on that list. We'll continue the talk about uh, CCWs and a couple more points from Rob Bonta about abortion coming up in five minutes on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360, KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360, KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV here on this fine Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Thank you so much for joining us. Just so much appreciate your input, your good thinking as we rationally and reasonably and intelligently talk about the topics of today that really are, uh, at this point, assaulting you and me right here in the Central Valley of California. Uh, I've been talking about uh, Rob Bonta, our attorney general, and the uh, press release that he put out today regarding abortion guidance. Uh, hit a couple of uh, couple of points. Uh, again, you have the right to an abortion before viability. That means before the the uh, fetus can live outside the mother's room. You do not need to provide a reason why you are seeking an abortion. You have the right to an abortion after viability to protect your life uh, or your health. You have the right to confidentially, if you are married, generally your spouse will not be notified about your abortion. But what do you think about that? So the let's say it's a married couple and the woman decides to abort the baby without her spouse's knowledge. Hmm. How do you feel about that? 209-551-3483. And then the next one, you have the right to obtain an abortion without parental consent. If you are a minor, generally your parents or guardians will not be notified about your abortion. Parents, how do you feel about that? The state taking over the health or not so healthy control of your daughter's life? Hmm. All right, you have the right to a prescription for medicine to bring about an abortion filled in a timely manner have the right to access abortion services for little to no charge. Abortion services should generally be covered by your health insurance. I'm wondering about all of these little or no charge things. What, what about the rest of health care stuff? What about, you know, if we have uh, an, an, a, a long-term illness? I mean, abortion is, has long-term effects. The, the fetus is dead forever on this side of eternity. Um, and so if, if, we have a, if we have an illness, should why, why don't we have little or no charge for everything? Well, then we would be into socialized medicine. Don't want that. Why are we doing socialized medicine, medicine for abortions? All right, you have the right to an abortion performed by a trained professional. Only authorized health care providers with proper training can perform them. And you have the right to ask, I like this one, you have the right to ask your health care provider if they have objections to certain forms of medical care. 
Health care providers are allowed to refuse to re- perform abortions for moral, ethical, or religious reasons. I like that. How long do you think it will last? I, I can almost guarantee, don't know for sure, but I can almost guarantee there will be an attempt in the legislature or there will be lawsuits, maybe, brought by Rob Bonta himself uh, to force health care providers to provide abortions regardless of their moral, ethical, or uh, religious perspectives. But th- this, uh, this business about having an abortion without notifying your spouse and having an abortion if you're a, a minor without notifying your parents, I have concerns about that. And, and I've heard the other point of view. I understand that. Well, what if uh, the girl, the girl want, not a birthing person, by the way, uh, a girl or woman, but in case of a minor, a girl wants an abortion uh, that their her parents are left out of the decision-making process. They're going to have to live with this decision for the rest of their lives as well. So they they have no say. I would I would anticipate the abortion ad- activists would say, well, yeah, but they might prevent her from having an abortion. Yeah, they're the parents. They they should have influence. They're the parents or or the guardians. So there we go. That's the perspectives of um, Rob Bonta. There's some other uh, interesting uh, nuances to all of this now. Uh, you remember Governor Gavin Newsom has said he wants to make California uh, a sanctuary of sort for women seeking abortions from other states that uh, do not allow them or restrict them in some way. So he's saying, come to California and you can have your abortion. The problem is, how do you pay for that? Well, his uh, he, he did include money in the budget that's been approved for this. In fact, I believe $20 million has been allocated in the budget uh, for Abortion Practical Support Fund. The Abortion Practical Support Fund. So it's designed to pay for things like airfare, uh, lodging, gas, meals for people who want out of state, who want abortions in California. The problem that they're running into apparently is there's a legal hitch here that the money can only be used to help people who already live in California, not people traveling from other states. So the possible way around this is the fund the Abortion Practical Support Fund, which is apparently going to have $20 million from the state. The fund may be able to accept private donations, but it's not clear if that money can still cover out-of-state travel expenses. And so people who are who are banking on this happening... It's uh, it's it's now a little gitch in their hitch in their giddy up there, so to speak, to be Western about it, and so uh, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what happens with that again. <laughs> this is a a major problem. It's uh, it's saying well, 
yeah, there's $20 million for it if you live in California, but now that we're inviting you to uh, come to California to get your abortion, wait a minute, maybe those funds can't be used for you. And uh, uh, producers making a note here that transporting minors across state lines for abortions, isn't that human trafficking? I like that thought. Yeah. If uh, if people are transporting minors across state lines for abortions, yeah, uh, I uh, th- this this is descending into moral and ethical underworld. It, it's just uh, it, it's so sad to see where we are with this, and how California is so gleefully looking at a way to promote abortions as simply as, as a way for birth control. Uh, so what do you think? I, I, I've heard the arguments for and, and against. What do you think about not informing parents if their daughters are having abortions? I think that's a ethical thing to do. I'm not asking if it's legal. Do you think it's the ethical thing to do? Let's say you're the parent. Is that what you would want? 209-551-3483, our number, 209-551-3483. And while we're talking about budgets, but wait, there's more in the California budget. That little pesky high-speed rail system, right? That uh, 119 miles of bullet train bliss from, what, Madera down to Fresno, Kings, Tulare, Kern Counties, uh, there's, uh, there's permission to do that in the, in the budget as well. Can't wait for that. Don't you think that's a great way to, to spend our money? So there we go. That's, uh, that's basically the roundup on what's happening, uh, up in Sacramento, uh, at the moment, by the way, uh, a few moments ago, I, um, I gave you a, uh, a soundbite of Nathan Hawkman, who is the Republican challenger to a uh, democratic, um, uh, Attorney General Rob Bonta uh, talking about his view on women's reproductive rights. It would seem that that he and and Rob Bonta are basically on the same page of music, uh, according to that clip. Uh, anyway, so the uh, but he was also asked during this interview with uh, Fox Forty yesterday his um, his response to the Supreme Court decision regarding uh, CCW permits in New York and the rest of the nation, obviously, and uh, what he would do as a priority in terms of dealing with violence involving guns in California. And I I think his uh, response is very interesting here. Again, here's Nathan Hawkman. 26,000 people who should not and are legally prohibited from having a gun. Here's my vow. Within the first 18 months, if we have the funding, we'll go after all 26,000. All right, so one of uh, Nathan Hawkman's uh, priorities, if he uh, defeats Rob Bonta as attorney general, would be to come after 26,000 people who he says should not and are legally prohibited from having a gun. And he's saying, here's my vow within the first year and a half, and this is interesting. If we have the funding, we'll go after all 26,000. So he's tying that to the funding. 
interesting. And again, we all need to put this into our mix as we think about how we're going to vote in November 2022. You've heard uh, a lot about Rob Bonta over the past uh, 48 hours here on the Mike Douglas Show. Heard a little bit uh, from Nathan Hawkman's interview with Fox 40 News, and we'll continue to um, to follow that particular race. It's it's a critical one. And we'll continue to follow statements by Rob Bonta and Nathan Hawkman as well to make sure that you are as prepared as you can be to cast your vote for a California Attorney General coming up in November 2022. Are you uh, are you proud to uh, proud to be an American? I don't know if I know I'm free anymore. I'm looking at the way the FBI is being used. I'm looking at how they're treating a lot of those folks from the January 6th issue in 2021. Are you proud to be an American? We'll look at a survey coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation and so much to converse about, isn't there? Uh, By the way, uh, there's an interesting uh, proposal that's been made by some businesses in the marijuana business, and uh, they are calling on uh, Governor uh, Gavin Newsom and California to uh, reduce the excise tax, uh, suspend the cultivation tax period, and then reduce the excise tax rate uh, to 5% and to eliminate the tax for social equity businesses. That's very interesting. So marijuana growers are uh, are looking to uh, get some tax relief here. How about you? How about you in tax relief? Taxes on your mind? Let's find out. 209-551-3483. Let's check in with Pat from Patterson. Hi, Pat. Welcome to the show today. Um, hi, Mike. Um, I, I, I'm glad you clarified that for me because I heard that the other day, but I didn't catch the whole thing um, and exactly who was behind it. But I'm infuriated, just like you're infuriated and should absolutely be with the concealed uh, weapons. Um, I, I, I don't understand how they can even consider lifting taxes on marijuana and not doing anything to relieve people of the gas taxes. This is just beyond me. I'm I'm a third-generation Californian, and I am so embarrassed to say that I live in California anymore. Um, Governor Newsom's agenda is to get to be president, and he really doesn't care about the people in this state or what he's doing to them. I, 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 I'm just... I'm just taken back. Now, I, I know I said a few more things to, to your um, screener, but I, at this point in time, I can't remember what I said. <laughs> but I'm, it, it, there's, just, there's just so many things um, that are going on that 
just are not right. And what I can't believe is that there's people out there that will still support these people. I, it, it's beyond me. What, you know, why do you think that is, Pat? Uh, I, I have a couple of theories. One is apathy, not paying attention. Uh, I know people, I know people that do not follow the news. They just don't. They've uh, they've turned off their TV sets, which is maybe a good thing, Pat. Uh, but the the problem the problem with that is we still need to read. We need to know what's going on around us so we can intelligently respond to that. And I think for many, Pat, it's just a matter of matter of apathy. Just leave me alone. Let me do what I'm doing. And uh, and and they're they're in a, a little bubble. So I think there's a fairly good percentage of voters, unfortunately, Pat, who are in that kind of protective bubble that they've made for themselves. But we have a responsibility. If we are registered voters, Pat, like you, we need to be thinking, don't you think? <laughs> don't you think we need to be processing well, yeah. all this information? Absolutely, I. Uh, I, I get tired of listening to the news anymore because all I do is get angry. And um, my girlfriend said, well, your blood pressure is going up. But the, it, and, and that's okay because I feel like I need to know what's going on around me. And, and, you know, I've always said that the truth is somewhere in the middle. And so you do need to listen to both sides. I think that's important. Um, but a lot of the people that I know that are supporting this administration are educated people who follow the news and they I they have blinders on. I I, I, I can't believe. Um, you know, and, and the other thing that's one of the other things that I said to your screener too was, you know, I I have to pay my taxes. And uh, frankly, I don't want my taxes going to abortion issues, and I don't want my taxes going to, um, oh, I can't remember what the other thing was now, but um, I, I, you know, I'm about ready to say I'm done with paying my state and federal taxes because you're taking my money and using it for things that I don't believe in. Right. Uh, and, and it's this process of confiscatory taxation. First of all, we're in a tax, we're in a tax situation now. I believe the, the founding fathers, if they knew about it, would be turning over in their graves. Uh, it's just uh, just way. Be- I mean, these are principles they fought for over 200 years ago. And yeah, I, it, it is astounding to me that we now have government in realms where government ought not to be. Pat, I roads. Yeah. Yes. Police services. Yes. Fire services. Take the fire protection districts and all of that out of that just for a second. But you just. In, in general, emergency services and, uh, and uh, the, our roadways, the infrastructure, that's what we want government to do well. But instead, we're spending it on, we're, we're spending out, they're spending our dollars on these other issues. And you and I, Pat, are criticized for even thinking that we should not. In fact, we're demonized for thinking that our dollars, and it's not their dollars, our dollars are being spent that way. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me give you the final word on that before we uh, hang up with you, Pat. Okay. Um, uh, the other thing I was uh, uh, 
talking about also were the injection sites because I don't want my money going to, uh, you know, promoting that kind of thing with people out there. If they're going to help them, that's one thing. But uh, no, not not that. Anyway, yeah. um, that was what I wanted to say, and I was especially interested in, and I almost called yesterday about the marijuana thing because how dare they? How dare they? You know, take the tax off of that and not use anything to help the people in this state with the gas prices and um, I'm a retired teacher and I'm on a a limited income and as the gas prices go up up, everything else is going up and um, it's getting difficult absolutely Uh, I'm with you 100% thank you Pat good thinking good phone call Pat from Patterson making a lot of sense in, uh, in my mind And uh, coming up in uh, just a few moments, we're going to be talking to the uh, chief operator or the chief executive officer, the executive director of United Samaritans Foundation. They're facing a terrible challenge with rising gas prices. Again, the executive director of United Samaritans Foundation coming up in five minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love, talking about the issues that are important to you. The Voice of the Valley, The Mike Douglas Show. Now, every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show as we head into hour number two on this Thursday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your private concierge for conversation as we take a look at the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. have the privilege now to introduce you to what I think is one of the uh, unsung heroes in terms of uh, nonprofit organizations in our community, uh, really a, a treasure. And you may or may not know about it. It's called, and and many of you may be familiar with this. I hope you are. It's called United Samaritans Foundation out of Turlock. And uh, their executive director is Linda Murphy uh, Juline. And she is with us because with the gas prices the way they are, United Samaritans Foundation is facing some huge challenges. So happy to have you with us, Linda Murphy. Juline, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. Thanks for taking time to be with us today. Thank you. It's my privilege. I appreciate the opportunity to answer questions and or give information. Uh, Linda, let's begin with what United Samaritans Foundation does. You you do incredible work every day. Give us a quick thumbnail sketch of uh, of what you accomplish on a daily basis in our community. We are the only nonprofit organization in Stanislaus County to provide daily direct delivery of food to residents hardest hit by economic and social changes. We're the trucks and the vans that are going out every day, Monday through Friday. We provide approximately 1,500 meals a day to residents in Stanislaus County. About 14% of those residents are veterans. Uh, about 28% of them are seniors, and uh, about 12% are actually homeless, and the rest are just 
poor families um, that are needing help uh, with food. If we provide the food, they can pay their rent. If we can give them um, a little um, support with with uh, food or outreach services, um, that's what we do. But that is our mission: is to um, provide, deliver, and provide food to uh, Stanislaus County residents and help them uh, hopefully transition to a better better life because by when you're hungry you can't there's so much you can't do when you're hungry so that's pretty much it in a nutshell and we United, have 19 amazing people that make this happen and, and that is amazing with that number of people and united samaritans foundation you've been doing that for many many years now right 28 years this year this november Absolutely amazing, but you have a big challenge right now. And uh, how many uh, how many trucks do you have? Uh, trucks and vans. We have five that deliver food. We also have five trucks that pick up food because we we get donations um, as well, and we buy food as well. So I have a total of ten vehicles that are on the road every single day, um, Monday through Friday. Um, the the pickup the pickups that go out and pick up food are out seven days a week, um, so we're racking up about sixteen hundred about one thousand six hundred and fifty miles a month, and at the gas prices that they are, um, it took my little budget this year and just absolutely beat us up. It's it's almost doubled um, what we're spending on fuel. Almost doubled your your fuel costs, and and again, my friends, let's remember that if you're a business and you're making widgets, uh, there's a possibility you could try to make more widgets in order to uh, increase income to pay for things like gas, fuel, etc. In a in a, in the nonprofit world, you don't really have extra widgets. You can make you depend upon the the hearts of the people, uh, the contributions of the citizens of the area that that you cover. And uh, Linda, talk about the the challenges in terms of the contributions are, that are coming in on a regular basis, but what you need additionally in order to provide the same level of service. Well, everyone is coping with inflation. I, I understand that. Um, but what what we're looking at is are the people that are just barely surviving. When we talk about homelessness and people that are that are homeless, a lot of the people that we serve are literally at the door to being homeless and or paying rent. When we serve some of the many of the people that come to the trucks uh, for food, will tell us our rent has gone from $750 a month to $1,100 a month. We don't know how much longer we can stay in this little apartment. And, and if we lose it, we have nowhere to go. So those are, those are the people that we're serving. Yes, there are some homeless people that choose to be homeless for whatever reason. I don't even go there. Uh, but the majority of the people that are coming to us are just working poor. They're just, they're, they're just and they're all ages. I mean, I've got little ones coming up that are toddlers um, asking for two sandwiches. Um, I've got um, uh, people coming up on in in wheelchairs and and uh, asking for food for their spouse that's at home that can't come out that isn't mobile. Um, it's amazing the people that that we serve. So the need is there, and the need 
I know inflation is making a difference for everyone, but as you said, we can't, I have nothing to sell, nothing to, I can't ramp up sales because there are no sales. We are dependent on the grants that we write and, and exactly the, the direct financial support, in-kind donations, and our volunteers that make this program work. And as I said earlier, there's 19 paid individuals that feed 1,500 people every single day. Um, that includes my drivers. That includes my receptionists. That includes, if we really want to go to the bottom line, it's 14 people that do all the, between the kitchen and the food and all of that, it's 14 people that make that happen. Um, so what's the pro what are the problems that we have? We need to... We need to keep our trucks on the road. It's a vicious circle. You've got, I've got to have the trucks to take the food out. I've got to have the food to, take, to put in the trucks to get the food out. I've got to have the people to help put it together to get the food on the trucks. So it goes round and round. It's, it's tough, but we, we, can't, uh, we can't give up. We, we just have to keep trying to make a difference. Um, we serve 12 communities in Stanislaus County. We're not just in Turlock. We, we do a portion of Modesto. We're in Turlock, Keys, Denaire, Ceres, Houston, Empire, Waterford, Hickman, Patterson, Grayson, and Newman. So we really do um, go out and, and probably, uh, as I started out, we are the only, what's the difference between this nonprofit and another one? We actually go out to the people. We don't a lot of the nonprofits will say, come get food, we have food for you, come get it, come get it. Well, if they could come get it, they wouldn't be in the situation that they're in. So that's the difference between what we do and someone else. Not that they're not all doing a great job, of course, but we actually load up our trucks and go out and, and take the food to, to the different locations. And there are 58 stops Monday through Friday every single day. 58 stops, uh, and you're saying 1,500 people a day, right, are, are, are receiving assistance yeah, in terms yeah. of food, right? Yeah, that's our average. So what happens, Linda, if nothing changes? If the contribution level stays at where it is, your contributions stay where they are, and but gas prices continue to stay at the levels uh, that, that they are, what, what happens ultimately if nothing changes? Ultimately, we look at doing less days, maybe going out three or four days a week, um, but it hits everybody because now uh, um, the people that are working here will only be working three days a week or four days a week. It, 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 it gets us all the way around, so it not only hurts the employees that, that work here, but it hurts the people that we serve. And the bottom line is, how do you pick who's not going to get food today? Uh, we have 58 stops. We know where the people are. We know what the needs are. If we have to go to three days a week or take out one of the one of the vehicles completely, because the vehicles all have a certain area. There's the Turlock truck takes care of the Turlock area. The the um, uh, West Side uh, is all uh, uh, Patterson, Grayson, and and Newman. They're all they're all in one area. So the reality for us is, for me as the director, is figuring out who do I cut out, where do I cut. I have to, I have to do something, but um, my reality is we, we write grants every, every chance we get. 
Uh, we've been blessed with uh, the county working with us on, on several grants. Um, Turlock has been very helpful with, with grants, but we need to we need to get more to keep us going. And and the, the interesting part is that people will pull up their car and they'll bring me, they've picked all the oranges off of their tree or the peaches or whatever fruit they have, and we put that on the vehicles and send it out. Um, they're still coming. Those volunteers of, of bringing food and in-kind donations are still coming. We've got a few restaurants who will call us um, at the end of the the day and we'll pick up once or twice a week um, their leftovers, hotel pans of, of chicken or beans or whatever. And, and so we're able to use uh, what the community gives us and stretch it out. A dollar here can stretch pretty darn far compared to um, a dollar just going to the local store and buying it. So we're, we're methodically looking at every purchase and everything that needs to be done and how we can use it and reuse it. There is no such thing as, as waste because um, we, it makes a great pot of stew or, or uh, leftovers will make a great stew or a soup or a something. We'll make it work. Absolutely. So am I worried? Let, let's yeah, very quickly, before we, we let you go, uh, Linda, I want to make sure that people uh, know how they can get a hold of you and help out if they have the capacity to do that. What's the best way that uh, they can get in touch with you and, and offer support? They can call the office at 209-668-4853. They can email us. We are uh, at unitedsamaritans.org. Um, they can ask to speak to Linda or Billy or Scott. The three of us are the ones that handle the food end of it. Um, If they just want to send a donation for fuel or food or whatever, they put it on the line item and send it to 220 South Broadway in Turlock 95380. All right, again, the phone number 209-668-4853. And that's unitedsamaritans.org. And uh, I've, uh, in my 27 years here in town in, in vocational ministry and uh, running a nonprofit of our own here, uh, Linda, I've uh, admired United Samaritans over the years because it, it, you really have there a finely tuned instrument, really. And uh, logistically, yeah, it's, it's, it's a model uh, for others to look at. And uh, my congratulations to you for what you do. And again, our privilege today to let people know about the need. And uh, we'll let them uh, respond to that. Uh, and Linda, any, uh, any, any final comment uh, for our listeners before we let you go? Um, no, just thank you for hearing us and putting us out there. I'm surprised still how many people don't know that we exist and that we're here, um, but we, we do exist. We are here. We've got an amazing uh, group of people that, that they don't come to work. They, this, is their, this is their passion. This is their mission. Um, when they come in the door, they know what we're doing and who we're doing it for, and so we're blessed, and I, I thank you so much for the opportunity to touch base and let people know 
where we are and what we're doing, and come on down. We need you. Absolutely. Linda Murphy, Jolene, again, she is the Executive Director of United Samaritans Foundation, 209-668-4853 is their number. You can find them online at unitedsamaritans.org. Linda, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to visit with us. Blessings upon you, and keep on keeping on. Thank you, Michael. Take care. All right. Uh, Again, uh, friends, you're listening to The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll be back and talk about whether folks are proud to be an American these days or not. All that coming up in three minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Now, there's a new uh, Gallup poll out that indicates that a uh, uh, survey of Americans, they're seeing that about 30 per, 38% are extremely proud to be Americans. Um, and 27% are very proud to be Americans. Now, we're approaching the uh, the uh, Independence Day weekend here, and uh, I I keep wondering, are, are you proud to be an American? They're, they're saying that 38% of U.S. adults who say they're extremely proud to be an American is the lowest in Gallup's trend, which began in 2001. Uh, they're saying still together with the 27% who are very proud, 65% of U.S. adults express pride in the nation. So there is another 22% say they are moderately proud, while 9% only a little proud and 4% not proud at all. How about that? Well, let's go back to the phones here on the Mike Douglas Show. Our number 209-551-551. 3483 Let's go up the road a piece to God's country up there, Sonora and Jenna. Jenna, what's on your mind today? Uh, yes, sir. I uh, love your show. I've called quite a few times already. I just love your show. Um, yeah, uh, Saturday night, my husband and I were uh, at a drive through at a fast food restaurant. And we got, we're just sitting there minding our own business. We got rear-ended. We got bumped pretty good by someone behind us. And it was because we had the American flag on our truck. No. Seriously. Yeah. And, yeah, he got out of his car. Um, I think he was trying to figure out how to get our flag off of our truck because it's hooked onto our hitch. And it took every fiber of my being to have my husband just stay in the car. Mm. I go, this is what they want. Don't, don't get out. And he was very upset. And I told him, please do not get out. Um, he also followed us for about a quarter of a mile. And finally he veered off, but they came right up on our butt. And my husband said, they're right behind us. And I said, we left them back there. They were waiting for their food, too. So long story short, I'm very happy to be an American. I'm very proud, but just very scared to leave my American flag on my vehicle anywhere now. Because that really really scared me. 
Yes, absolutely. I don't blame you. And uh, as a husband, Jenna, I can imagine what was going through your husband's mind. And I, I think you gave him uh, good wisdom there. Uh, I, I, it's, it's appalling. Oh, thank you. You know, it, it's just appalling. Yes, and yes, it is. Were, were you able, just very quickly, were you able to report uh, that confrontation to the police at all? Or did you not feel it was? Um, we didn't think... We, we didn't think it was that important because he bumped us pretty good. So there could have been damage to his bumper, but our hitch is not even near our bumper. <laughs> Got it, it was done more damage to right. their vehicle. But I wanted to, my husband said, don't, don't even worry about it. It's he, he, he was going in and out of traffic to catch up with us. And it's, it's 1030 at night. And mm. thank God he went past us. My husband put on the brakes. And they flew right past us and started weaving in and out of traffic. So um, I was scared. I was I was well, really really scared. Absolutely. And Jenna, <clears throat> you handled it well. And the, and the first step in these types of contra, uh, confrontations is, if at all possible, avoidance. And uh, I think you did well with that. Uh, Jenna got to run. Thanks so much for your call. I, I'm, I'm sorry about the content of it, but uh, thank you for letting us know. And uh, we'll, we'll come back uh, with your phone calls and more coming up in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take Take the the Mike Douglas Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas with you, your personal concierge for conversation and lots of conversation today. A lot of it centering around uh, of late, whether we're proud to be Americans or not. One of the factors for me is the conduct of our leadership right now. And I'll tell you how that affects it for me. But one of the things that we've been talking about is this absolutely ridiculous, irresponsible act that our our Attorney General Rob Bonta did in, in putting concealed weapon permit information and other types of information that ought to be kept away from the public, putting it online, got hacked within 24 hours, and now the information's down, but unfortunately the information's out. Very curious about how you react to that and uh, if if you have, uh, if you are having any, uh, well, any results of that? Are, are you feeling, are you, are you feeling a fear at all? I, I tell you at night, I'm, I'm thinking I got to make sure all the windows are closed. I mean, I, if, if, if the bad guys or gals have my telephone number and address and uh, know what kind of weapons I have, I'm, I'm losing a little more sleep tonight. What about you? Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Kelly in Riverbank has an interesting perspective on this. Kelly, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Mike. Good to talk to you again. Um, yeah, I had emailed you about what had happened to me um, yesterday and today about um, regarding this um, hack of the CCW so-called website. Um, I usually get, you know, a fair amount of spam calls, you know, fake calls and fake texts and stuff like that. Um, but I had um, 
gotten a lot of them yesterday. I think I had deleted them all, so I can't count them, but I know that at least to an hour up until about 7 o'clock at night, and I remember even my mom, because I was in her house, saying, wow, you're getting a lot of calls today. I said, yeah, they're all like telemarketers. And then today I got them too, and then I noticed that I got this one that said unknown caller, and um, I don't. they usually say where they're coming from, but this said unknown caller, so I let it go to voicemail as usual. And um, then I listened to the message, and the message was a woman saying, um, just Kelly? Kelly, are you there? Kelly, you know, like acting like she knew me, right? And so then I, I copy and pasted the phone number, just doing a generic uh, search engine search. And it came up that that phone number, not only is it what I suspected it to be, a you know, a, a, a telemarketer or whatever, but it came up that there was a lot of comments and some recent ones as well, that that number is being used by people who are impersonating NRA. Wow. Okay, so you tell me this, Mike. What are the chances, the fact that my, me and my husband are both in that database, okay, because we're uh, gun owners, CCW, you, you name it, we're in there, okay? And you tell me what are the chances out of all these years that I've gotten telemarketer calls that this is the first one that comes up on that list as, you know, being stated to have been a you know a fake nra so obviously because of the i mean i could put two and two together mega calls yesterday and today and then one that's coming through that says it's you know nra and it's not um i i think that i've already been hacked myself i think my information is already out there they knew my name my number this was not an ordinary robocall type thing so, uh, and then the other comment I have, Mike, if I may, sure. is Jenna, the lady who called about 15 minutes ago. I certainly hope that her and her husband have their concealed carry weapon permit. That's all I can say. Yeah, this is uh, this is getting out of control. Well, getting out of control. It is out of control, uh, Kelly. And the, the the woke culture is violent. Let, let's just be upfront about it. The woke culture is violent, and. You know, we're thinking about all the things that we're trying to do as good citizens to be good citizens, and we're we're making ourselves victims, and the government is making ourselves victims as well. Just a really unconscionable, and I'm so sorry that you appear to have been targeted already by this uh, breach. And uh, do Wait, you ha- have one more quick? Go ahead, if I could, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just waiting for the class action lawsuit, which would be great yes. because it would it would um, it would send a message. But the problem is the only people that are actually going to get anything out of a class action lawsuit are a the lawyers and b the first group of people that file the class action suit. The rest of us will probably get a uh, a life a lifetime supply of rice aroni and uh, credit <laughs> monitoring is how yet that usually goes. So yeah. Um, Absolutely. And I, and I, this has actually spurred me to do something even further, and then and then I won't keep you on the phone any longer. Everybody who carries concealed, and even who don't carry concealed, but have a loaded gun that they keep by their nightstand, and that they of course put in their safe when they leave their home, or when uh, people with small children come, you know, so they don't have access to it. Everybody should have hollow points in their guns. That's all. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. The, because you just never know what's going to happen. The objective <laughs> is to stop. The perpetrator, and uh, that uh, that yeah. definitely helps. Uh, Kelly, thanks uh, thanks so much for your call. Appreciate that. Uh, thanks, Mike. Happy Independence Day to everybody. You too, uh, Kelly. Thanks so much. And uh, isn't that amazing that 
within hours of, of this becoming known, this hack becoming known, Kelly's experiencing this raft of, uh, of calls. And of course, uh, and, and I'm sure Kelly knows this, th- there's also this innovative method called spoofing where uh, the perpetrators look like on your uh, phone, it looks like uh, they are calling from another type of organization. Many of them are even using police department numbers. So it looks like they're calling from a law enforcement agency, uh, some pretending apparently that they're from the uh, National Rifle Association and other groups. So through that spoofing process, you can't tell really who's on the other end. And so Kelly's story, I think, is very, very important to bring to the fore right now in terms of being aware And we have to have what we call situational awareness. Be aware uh, not only of what's going on around you, but what's happening to your information. And uh, tongue-in-cheek, I just got a a note here. But wait a minute, Rob Bonta told the hackers not to do anything with the information. Wasn't that the most idiotic thing in the world? If a hacker is going to hack... The information on CCW permits and and so many other issues as well. Do you think they're going to worry about the attor- the uh, attorney general saying, "Oh, we don't we don't want you to do anything bad with that"? Come on, Bonta, really? This is I I, I just I'm getting back to this issue of are we proud to be an American and and this uh, survey that Gallup did. Here, here's my my take on this, and and Kelly's call is is figuring into this for me as as are some other issues. I think the crafting of that question is really important. See, if you ask me if I'm proud to be an American, I I would tell you I would give you a qualified yes. I'm proud of America's founding principles. I'm proud of the Constitution of the United States of America. I'm proud of the Bill of Rights. I'm proud of of uh, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and their ability spanning past two centuries to to enable us to learn from our mistakes. Now, sometimes it's the hard way, but America has made good, good mid-course corrections along those 200-plus years toward the future. I'm proud of uh, the work ethic that's associated with America. I'm, I'm proud of Americans' veterans, those who have served in the military. I'm very proud of them. There are many things I'm proud of as an American, and, and there are reasons I feel blessed that I was born and raised in the United States of America. But it's a slightly different question for me than, am I proud of America right now? Am I proud, am I proud of how the the Biden administration and Congress are conducting themselves and guiding the nation? My answer is no, I'm not. No. <clears throat> I feel the Biden administration and the democratically run Congress are abusing and destroying the rule of law. And 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 they're sending us, they're they're careening us into socialism via of 21st century flavor of Marxism in terms of dividing the culture, in terms of setting peoples against each other, people groups against each other, whether it's 
gender or whether it's religion or whether it's race, which is very popular right now. So I, I think the, the way Gallup framed the question, I'm not sure I could give it a, 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 one, a, a rational one answer. I, I'm afraid I would have to qualify it. Generally, am I proud of being born and raised in the United States of America and the foundations uh, that we have and the way the Constitution and the Bill of Rights have guided us through uh, uh, over 200 years? Yes. Am I, am I proud of the mid-course corrections we've made? Yes. Am I proud of the lessons learned that we've learned as the United States of America from, from the bad decisions that we made? Yes. Absolutely. I'm not proud of the leadership right now in Sacramento. I'm not proud of the leadership in Washington, D.C. In fact, I believe their intent is to destroy what I'm proud of. What about you? How do you feel about that? 209-551-3483, our number. We'll continue with uh, your phone calls coming up. 209-551-3483 as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And our phone number here on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Let's go to the phones. Michael in Stockton. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I just wanted to make a quick point. You only have two choices. This data breach was, uh, or the setting up of this thing was either intentional or it was incompetence. I've worked as a programmer and a change control manager. You don't put software in unless it's been tested. And you make note of the date and time, the last time it was touched by a programmer. If that doesn't match, you don't instantiate the software. So... This is either gross incompetence because nobody tested this and looked at the software or looked at how the program ran, or it was done on purpose. The only two choices. Yep. Uh, Michael, I agree with you. It's, it's one or the other. And uh, gross incompetence to me is not an excuse. We've seen that with the EDD. We've seen it with the DMV. And uh, with your experience, you know you know what has to happen with that. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for your comments there. I agree with you. It's, it's either extreme incompetence, which means uh, the man needs to be out of his office, or it was intentional, which means he needs to be in jail. Uh, Michael Stockton, thank you uh, so much. Appreciate uh, appreciate your call. And uh, let's go up uh, the road of peace in between Modesto and Stockton to Manteca. Mike from Manteca, what's on your mind? Hi, yeah, I was listening to your descriptions of why you are a proud American for the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and I concur with all of that. Uh, but I was thinking about it a couple of days ago, and I also have to state that I was embarrassed to be an American when I found out that we were sending our president to a G7 summit to negotiate with European nations. Mm-hmm. I I had a apprehension, I had a fear, and I had almost an embarrassment that when you look at how Mr. Biden has handled things, and I'm just, I was just in fear of that, what is he going to say when negotiating 
and what are we going to kind of deals are we going to get for the United States of America with that person negotiating with European unions? I think we're just going to end up on the short end of the stick again. <laughs> all right. And yeah. That's, uh, so that's all I. Yeah, thank you, Mike. And I, I think we're feeling something uh, of the same uh, feeling that I'm 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 proud of our history and learning from it. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of our founding documents. I'm proud of what we're supposed to stand for. Uh, in your words, I think we're embarrassed about some of the policy decisions, about some of the actions. You know, look at what happened with the withdrawal from Afghanistan. That wasn't something to be proud of. Uh, but Mike from Antica, thank you. I uh, appreciate your call. Thanks so much. All right, our number here, 209-551-3483. Back to the phones we go, and uh, let's go to Modesto. And Nick, hi, Nick. Welcome to the show. Mike, how you doing? I caught the tail end of, uh, of what you were saying about your being proud and also some of your disappointments in the federal and state uh, elected officials. And, you know, I, I have <clears throat> disappointments in our elected officials on the state and federal level because they really don't speak the truth. You know, that everything starts with the truth. How can you tell us that you want to do something about um, the gas situation and eliminating gas tax uh for a period of time in California, and yet on July 1st, tomorrow, they're going to raise it three cents. You know, that that is being disingenuous, and it's being untruthful. Uh, they talk about, you know, uh, wanting to provide, um, instead of providing cities with uh, monies to help us uh, with our budgets and running our cities, they're wanting to, and they talk about that stuff, but they turn around and they're passing legislation to give um, people, all people in California, uh, medical uh, insurance. They call it health care, but it's really health insurance. We already have health care. It's accessible to everybody. Just take a tour into an emergency room, and you'll see firsthand that health care is accessible to everybody. But, but they line it up with calling it that, but it really is health insurance. So, you know, we have an election coming up in November most important thing, I think, is to elect people that are truthful, you know, dealing with the good truth and the bad truth, but don't deceive us, you know, just tell the truth and, and do what's right, and I think uh, we would be a better country for it, but right now I'm with you. I, it's very disappointing to see what they say and what they do, because it's not very truthful. Preach it, brother. You, <laughs> Nick, you, you, you nailed it. I have nothing to add to that. You really nailed it, and I like the way you started your call with uh, let, let's start with a foundation of truth. Nick from Modesto, outstanding call. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, our phone number 209-551-3483. Again, things like the CCW debacle online unbelievable what do we do how do we respond to this as nick mentioned we do have an election coming up in november 2022 our opportunity to uh, make a difference there uh let's go uh back to turlock right now roger uh welcome to the show what's uh what's on your mind today yeah this data breach is just another in a series of uh, maltreatment of conservatives it is just 
becoming rampant. It's uh, approaching, if this continues, we will be approaching a Stalinist-type Russia, the way that the political, uh, the way that the, uh, a lot of the law enforcement, upper law enforcement echelon is now politicizing and uh, punishing conservatives. But what really baffles me is it's so obvious, and then the morality issue, of course, the abortion, the Bible says that the earth is groaning to be delivered from man's sin, which basically uh, says, yeah, well, the climate may be changing, but part of it is because the earth is groaning to be delivered from man's sin and the death of 63 million innocent babies. So there's just the, uh, the way things are headed. What really shocks me is how many conservatives don't bother to vote, even though they're aware of the issues in the last elections in Georgia where the two Democrats won. There was, oh, between one to two million conservatives that didn't bother to vote, for instance. And, you know, people blame liberals, but a lot of liberals don't know any better. They're ignorant about what's really going on. But there's a lot of conservatives that know better and still don't bother to vote. Yep, we yep. lose a large portion of these elections simply because the conservatives who are aware of the issues won't go out and vote. And so I, I agree I with you, Roger. Roger, I've got to run. Thanks so much. Great call. We must vote. I agree with you 100%. And I must be back with you tomorrow at 3 here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you, Roger. See you tomorrow.